Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is a singer-songwriter and host of the Limerick Lady podcast. It's Emma Langford. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. You have a cool topic. I do Cool topic for cool teens. Yay! I'm firstly very... um, uh, there's a lot of expectation on me to be interesting, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word everyone balks at. I should, we shouldn't. I should. already, you've already passed the threshold. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to manage everyone listening's expectations. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Um, with a focus on her first album, Let Go, which was very formative for me as an angsty teenager, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. Yeah. So that came out in 2000. And two? two? Yeah, yeah two. so how old were you then? I was 12. Perfect yeah. age. Yeah, just about to turn 13 in November. And uh, it was just that age when you're really figuring out who you are as a human being, mm-hmm. I guess. And Avril Lavigne made me question a lot of things uh, about my sexuality. <laughs> um, she was just really cool. She was really mm. cool. And I think I went through pack after pack of highlighters that year trying to dye my own hair green um because she had these green streaks through her hair yeah um and i wrecked my parents heads spending stupid money on massive baggy jeans that i wound up destroying by trailing along the ground because ireland is not a country where you can wear massive baggy jeans (laughs) from my tony hawk skate shoes oh yeah on a skateboard in my fucking life (laughs) up the like capillaries of my giant pop 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 brand baggy jeans yeah bought an eager beaver in temple bar r.i.p it's now a leon fast food joint But that particular look, yeah, yeah, so many gross jeans, mm-hmm. just so destroyed by rainwater. Yeah, for years. Yeah. You literally walk into the cafe where all your friends were bankrupting the cafe by yes. sitting there, and you would just have up to your knees. Oh my god, I, I feel it. like we <laughs> had matching reaction. adolescences. Yeah, this is yeah. so great. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Our shop was Hobo. Oh my god, Hobo jeans were nice. We man. all dressed at a Hobo, they could open this. Like 2000, 2000, no, 1999 to 2001, every dress from Hobo. Yeah, it was a Hobo shop. And our friend's sister worked there. Oh, my nice. friends brought me in there and said to her, Dress Alan, would you? Oh. And so she like, got me my first pair of baggy pants and a cool like shirt. Like queer eye. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie uh, still has and still wears, this is testament to my beanpole husband being a beanpole for his whole life, a long sleeve Hobo. Uh, t-shirt which he probably would have worn under yep. uh, mm-hmm. his various corn etc t-shirts yeah. I'm sorry for dragging you if you did listen to corn Carrie I don't know <laughs> Carrie um, listened to corn <laughs> he did yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he still has it though it's uh, and it's still good it's still cute oh yeah no I did uh, I don't. I did a tweet the other day like I, I want a hoodie the same colour as a t-shirt I owned in 2001 that was a hobo t-shirt still thinking yeah. about it yeah. yeah was it hobo no it was nope that had the cat nope yeah, yeah. yeah hobo is I mean, hobo is slightly different but hobo and nope were kind of sister brands yes weren't they yeah and they all had the same big big jeans yeah we had two kind of shops in Limerick one was in uh, there's a shopping centre I don't even know what it's called it's on William Street if anyone knows what that shopping centre where Guinea's now is please tell me um, but there was a shop in there that was I think it was called Hobo as well I mm. think and they had like I bought Wu-Tang Clan jeans in there I don't know why Wu-Tang Clan had their own brand of jeans but they did they still do did mm. they? Yeah, yeah. so I bought my first pair of skater jeans in there um, and I bought this Emily the Strange satchel um, and if anyone's not aware of Emily the Strange she was John this, Vasquez right? It, she, it, was, it was like who I wanted to be 
Yeah. I wanted to be Emily the Strange. So I had this bag with this horrible, scary little goth girl on it. And everyone I ever met assumed my name was Emily because I had a bag that said Emily the Strange <laughs> on it. And I, I dressed like, like her. In that period, there was like this one section oh, in yeah. like a stationary thing. Yeah. It would just be black. Yes. And it was just all Emily the Strange stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't Joan and Vasquez, but it's sort of of that oeuvre yeah. of Hello Kitty Forgot. Spooky girl. Yes. Yeah. Spooky girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was Lenore as well. Oh yeah, Lenore was great. Man. Lenore, I I'm the, sure I still I have, have all those knocking around those comics. Yeah, I had I borrowed them from a friend, and then he got me this little notebook, this diary, Lenore diary, mm. um, and uh, I passed it around to my classmates. I only found this stuff recently because I've been mm. going through a huge amount of nostalgia the past couple of weeks because. I'm coming up with artwork for my new album ah. and I want to incorporate loads of old childhood photos and mm. stuff into that. Um, and so I found all this old stuff from secondary school. I kept everything. I'm such a hoarder. So I have like notes my friends passed me in class Unreal. and this diary that I asked people to sign on my Absolutely. birthday. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lenore is this creepy little girl. A dirge for her, the doubly dead and that she died so young. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's inspired by Edgar Allan Poe and I just loved the gothic creepiness of it but this diary I have like no I have a message from my friend Christine from secondary school and she signed it off saying uh, love to the family <laughs> like, we're all trying to like take ourselves so seriously she like has my address at the top of the note even though we're sitting next to each other in well, physics <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that is extremely that limber there, there. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's gas um so yeah all that kind of stuff was very much it all stemmed from an obsession with Avril Lavigne that started when my friend James I had a crush on her and I guess also had a crush on me at the time and wanted me to be her. So um, he started like, and I, you know, I was, I was game. I was down with it. I wanted to learn to skateboard. I wanted to be Avril Lavigne as well. So it was fine. But he like, like, you know, we started buying like those rubber band bracelets and those like um, mesh sleeve tops and the chokers. And I started like, putting highlighter in my hair, even though my hair was brown. Very hard to highlight your hair when it's brown. <laughs> but I tried, goddammit. I put in a very valiant effort um, and started learning to skateboard in Cork, even though I'm not from Cork. I used to run away to Cork on weekends to him and his friends in Glenmire and he would try and teach me to skateboard. And I did manage an ollie once. You only really have to do it once. Yeah, do. once is enough. That is then enough. you unlock the thing on Tony Hawk and you're all yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Skateboarding turned me into the person I am even though I never actually properly learned to skateboard. I, I just f- spent my parents' money on all the stuff. I feel like the only skateboard guy in Glenmire in 2002 is a like a film waiting to happen. It is. Yeah. Isn't it? For sure. Yeah. That, it really is, is, yeah. that is like very small rural skateboard gang is such a powerful <laughs> energy. Because I, me- I remember that because like, I'm a few years older but I remember... When we were like 15, 16 and 99, 2000, uh, we were kind of like the only, felt like we were the only ones, like our group of like 12 people were like the only weird people. Mm. Yeah. And then like three years later, suddenly everybody was a skateboarder. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it just exploded. Like they built a skate park in the Waterford Park because like we have so many skateboarders, they're ruining everything. We just put them somewhere. Yeah. So they built the whole skate park. It just, and it, that is like Avril Lavigne time. Your microcosm yes. yeah. meeting the kind of macro Cosm is a weird one. Like we, I'm from an estate, and there was definitely like a small band of goths. Mm. I was not a goth, and yeah. I didn't listen to um, I listened to the same music my whole life. Basically, Nana music is what we used to call my <laughs> Nana's music. Um, and but I hung around with them, yeah. and definitely was like alternative looking. Yes. Um, and then we went to town, and we discovered Central Bank, which was full of <laughs> extremely <laughs> mean. Yeah stern goths with more expensive goth clothing yes of who knew what being a goth really mm-hmm. meant yeah, yeah who knew yeah. what go- and they were just mean yeah 
And now, 20 years later, so 25 years later, anytime I meet somebody who is Central Bank head, I'm like, still mean. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have still got this energy. That same energy, yeah. yeah. Like a large pack of Temple Bar kids just, and we used to knock, the kind of, we'd, we'd go through on our way to the, the shops and uh, never stop to integrate because wow. it was just, they were just not friendly. Because yeah. I guess that's not yeah. the vibe. Friendly wasn't part no, of the aesthetic. Cool. I've just noticed a pattern in people that I like to be friends with. Is people who were weird but were too scared to be go to the central bank. Mm-hmm. I went. I like. That's I didn't, kind of my like, people. Limerick, yeah. Limerick had its goths and its emos as well, but yeah. I was never part of the Limerick goth emo crew. We had this place we went to called Ter- Termites or the Globe, I think it was, and it was like the alternative grunge rock disco place mm. to go to, um, which was super cool. And I went when I was underage. It was so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a gang that hung out in this area called Tate's Clock. Um, it's near where Costello's is. Um, so for anyone listening who's ever been to Limerick and gone to Costello's, that is now the alternative disco area. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, so I never, I never hung out with the Limerick Goths and the Limerick Emos, the Limerick Grunge kids. I went to Cork to find Emo my people. Exactly three years under the, under me. So I'm. 1988 okay and I remember the people around me getting into emo music and genuinely I think there's something wrong with my brain I sometimes I just go what is that yeah I don't understand yeah I don't understand what, what qualifies as emo music I don't lots of the screaming instead of singing is it all like panic at the disco I would say yeah for I could weirdly tolerate them lots of nice melodies knock around in for yeah, me it's like but, yeah, my chemical romance panic at the disco right okay MCR yeah. uh, which yeah. is MCR, now yeah. having a huge resurgence and yes. I'm like I are we talking about the same band oh yeah I was like in college when they when that happened so it was like they was the younger people the Paul yeah. Street and Cork was yes yeah were, were you were Paul Street and Cork yeah but I God, never, yeah. never I like I was I was a bit of a poser I mostly mm. just liked I had three CDs that I listened to on repeat on my Walkman but who has more than that who has time to listen yeah, to who needs more than three CDs I want to eight songs um, so like, I listened to Let Go on repeat I listened to Evanescence's first album or maybe not the first album the one that was out then um, on repeat and The White Stripes and then I got le- loaned like different CDs to try and like get me into other stuff but mm. I was like no thanks I've got my three CDs yeah. I'm fine perfect thanks a million I am Avril Lavigne I like Amy Lee I'm not cool enough to be Amy Lee from uh, Evanescence and I'm certainly not your one from White Stripes but uh, I just you know that was that was all I needed it was a three pretty powerful it's like a kind of a trifecta a very high femme mm. like gothic energy though isn't it yeah I like think so. they cover three really powerful bases yeah and I just it was my way of kind of I just got lost in their songs and like it was I had very brief kind of periods of being a proper like moody teenager where I would just go hide in my room and not talk to anyone for days and just listen to those songs and repeat and it was a nice way of escaping it was mm. great yeah they, they remember when music that. was able to do that yeah yeah it was a nice time um I suppose it still can for some I mean I think it's more important for kids to be able to like escape and hide inside music nowadays you know because mm. if you have to like do a job you can't go and hide in your room for five days and just listen to Avril Lavigne on repeat. I mean, I do. I kind of disappeared into listening to Avril Lavigne and work all this week. I've been yeah. noticing so, your tweets. You've been tweeting very heavily about Avril Lavigne. It's pretty funny. Louise Bruton um, DM'd me the other day with a screenshot of her Spotify because you know on Spotify that's how you can see what other people are listening to. She was like, why are you listening to Avril Lavigne? <laughs> But she Why gave me, are you not listening to She gave to me some very Louise. good factoids about Avril Lavigne to drop oh. in. So thank you, Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll drop one now. Avril Lavigne co-wrote Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. That was me? That was written for her, her, her album, but they went, it doesn't really fit. So Kelly Clarkson took it. Wow. And it does it does fit kind of into Let it Go, does, which, yeah. you think about it. Absolutely. It's that kind of not almost country, but not quite pop yeah. banger. Because I remember yeah. hearing around the time that the... 
the teenage boys who I hung around with who, as we know, are arbiters of taste. Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember the whole p- kickback against Avril Lavigne in my mm. estate. Really? Was, oh yeah, yeah, very uncool. Wow. Uh, I was, I did not buy into this. Okay. But, uh, and I still don't. Um, but there was a lot of fury about her popularity because she looked like a goth and was a skater and whatever. Um, that she had been originally designed to be a country singer. Mm. Um, mm. And then wasn't was a they, they kind of took her down a more alternative route instead. So that you you can kind of hear country, yeah. In no, the you songs. can because yeah. she. I mean, she her parents would have brought her to karaoke and they would have brought her to various kind of things when she was growing mm. up. So she would have. I mean, the same as any kid, any anywhere really. I I, I I would. I probably would have found her more easily if, yeah. if, if she was country. If she wasn't branded as what she was. I suppose what happened, like I was reading up about like her, the, the label she wound up on and stuff and, and how she eventually came to be the Avril Lavigne we know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, yeah, she wasn't initially quite as grungy and skatery as she is marketed to be. She was mm. always very sporty. She loved being active and basketball and swimming and all that kind of stuff. But skateboarding wasn't necessarily what she was into. That was kind of a curated brand for her but the set so the the various labels and agencies she was working with hurt her sound but her look and her behavior didn't match her sound so her sound was like Alanis Morissette meets Amy Lee you know it was this kind of darker sort of sound a little bit yeah there's a bit of Losing Grip could have been a Alanis Morissette song yeah 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 for sure um, so she, she kind of went through a few manifestations and a few different um, writing groups that co-wrote a lot of Let Go With Her um, until they found a fit that was marketable for them and that she was happy with. Mm. So like they were, tr- yeah, they were trying to sell her initially as something very, very different to what she wanted to go for. Um, and I think the way she wound up was somewhere in between who she actually was and who they wanted her to be kind of thing. So yeah, compromise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I remember, there's a tweet during the week, which is about a month ago, when this comes out now, that just said Avril Lavigne is country artist, and, and then I, I was just to, to let go, and I go, yeah. If you just take those songs out of Av- the context of Avril Lavigne, like yeah. complicated is like a pop country song. It could yes. be a Miranda Lambert song. Yeah. The rhythm of it. Is yeah, and the yeah. the twang, and it's not doesn't. I think a lot of songs are only kind of one funny voice away from being a country song. Like I just, like <laughs> yeah. I think that Frozen is a country mm. music like that was that's what hit me so hard about the popularity of let it go funnily enough um it's a fucking country song really interesting yeah, I i'm gonna have to re-listen to it if you it's it, it's a it's a extremely country yeah. and western wow like vibe off it i would to love to see i'd love to see it in the style of a country and western it, it's not fair. if you listen to it you'll never unhear it yeah uh but i think with them i saw another good tweet about avril lavigne this week she seems to be everywhere at the minute skater boys having like a moment i think it's because it was like this week 18 year old 18 years old eight, this week 18 years ago or something, something i think we're hitting yeah. an anniversary really but i remember mm. here uh, reading this week something uh and i wish i could cite it we should get to citing our tweets um, <laughs> That Avril Lavigne walked so that Billie Eilish could crawl and lay eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh my god, that's so perfect. That's like that's up there with this is the year. The, this is the year of Luigi. You know? <laughs> but it's a. Um, I thought uh, we are ha- like I think Billie is Billie Eilish is. They have a very similar, yeah, Mm. definitely a similar energy there. Yeah. Yeah. And that same kind of, oh, so yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So Avril was kind of marketed as what she was. And then uh, she had some issues with her recording studio and stuff and some issues with the process of making 
the next few albums and then apparently she died oh yeah love yes. that one love yeah. that story so yeah. maybe Billie Eilish is just a reincarnation of, of Avril Lavigne you know oh, the, the previous spirit of Avril Lavigne um, yeah she died in 2007 why what happened to her she I don't know if she got a disease and I'm not, not I, that was never really clarified the very bleak version I read oh, in, oh yes. bleak it up is that yes. her grandmother died yeah and she was very close to her grandmother and, she and was then she severely depressed after and then she Aww. committed suicide yeah yeah uh, which is, if you're Avril Lavigne reading that, is obviously is a horrible thing to be reading yeah. about yourself, which is why she probably didn't lean into the meme, I would uh, imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you would have if it was something more innocent. Yeah. Um, I'm reading about it in yeah. The Independent right now. Yes. And yeah. they, they've put this really funny two sets of photographs, and the one on the left is obviously a fucking teenager and the other one is a grown woman. They're yeah. clearly like, different oh, people. They look different. It's like, no, that's what... That's what aging, aging looks yeah. like. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> oh, and that? also like fillers. Yeah, yeah. fillers. This is it's like, oh my god, how does Paul Rudd look so fillers? <laughs> is how he looks. Very like, good fillers. How does Avril Lavigne look like fillers? Bernie Sanders fillers. fillers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a. I think God love her. That mustn't be much crack. Yeah. So there's a the, her her now replacement double is Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. 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 And the the kind of the what lent credence to that is that in a photo Avril has Melissa written on her hand now I don't know oh she's like screaming for help secretly or something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and there's all this stuff like the lyrics are, are actually written by Melissa about Avril like the new mm. music does you know, sound very stylist. complicated <laughs> <laughs> they were saying as well like girlfriend isn't very old Avril but like yeah. each of her albums has like one or two songs that are just out and out pop songs and yeah. the rest of it's either more grungy or more country yeah um, so I think and Girl, Girlfriend is actually decent enough it's a good pop song yeah it uh, actually is yeah. she, she has gone down a very weird direction where mm. she's all about kind of the Japanese culture and stuff but when she was touring Let Go and, and Under My Skin um, when she was kind of starting out that took her to Japan quite a bit because she's mm. very her look everything about her brand is very kind of friendly to what they're into there mm. and so obviously she was inspired and influenced by what she kind of encountered when she was there and mm. she wanted to write about that and work it into her music I'm you know I'm not going to call her the lyricist of a generation um, there's some very dodgy questionable stuff in there I was listening to a podcast called um, Why We Hate This Album and it was about Avril Lavigne's 2015 release I think it was or something and it was very very bad like mm. reasonably this podcast was about that because it's not good but there's a few songs where they're like is this song about incest we're not sure yeah. she talks in interviews about how the person she's talking about in the song is her brother at one point and then the song goes on to talk about kissing on the roof of a car what's happening here Avril so there's some very strange things happening there she okay so her 2011 album is called Goodbye Lullaby and that is a great album mm. it's her uh, post-marriage breakup album ah. and it has a song called Alice which is just amazing it's like very like gothic country piano led Got the Country cool. album. Then 2013 is an album just called Avril Lavigne. And it's basically like her going, I'm 17 again. Hey guys, it's That's me. That's the one they're talking it's me. about I'm on that 17. podcast. Yes. Yeah, it definitely has to yeah, be. Because I just yeah. like going, this is weird. This is a... Person like, in drag as A 29 year old woman yeah, in drag as her 17 year old yeah. self. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. It's yeah. all about... So it just lives like, imagine having to be your, your 17 year old self. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Then, but then she got Lyme disease and took a break for six years. Mm. And her two, has Lyme disease this week. Justin Bieber they? has it. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but her, her 2019 funny, album is excellent. Again, it's more the gothic, slower, piano okay. yeah. like gothic country. And it's been a really interesting ride for her, I think. Mm. There was a very good Laura Snape's interview in The Guardian. 
she's really guarded yeah. very guarded she's like I want to talk about the music yeah. and then but also I'm not going to talk about what the music means you know that kind of thing interesting she's obviously if you're that famous at 17 yeah you're going to go through a load of stuff yeah it yeah. can't have been very easy for her yeah yeah you're um, going to put up your walls you have to and yeah. similarly think about Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish in that regard mm. who just wears bed sheets everywhere do you yes. know what I mean she just wears she's just like don't fucking look at me yeah, because you know? one time she didn't. It was and a that, fucking oh, yeah. oh my, it was God. horrible. Yeah. But like, obviously, those systems of well, one social media wasn't in place when we were mm. Av- mm. when Avril was sort of the queen of the scene. Yeah, but it probably didn't stop a lot of really hard shit happening mm. when you're like a kid, like a teenager. Yeah, you know. Remember a few years ago, there was a lot of pictures of her at meet and greets, and she was standing there was like a foot between her and so the people. Funny. Yeah, damn right. People like yeah, because people fucking attacked her at meet and greets. That's why she doesn't touch really? them. She had like a lot of hassle. People like groping her. Same thing happened to Taylor Swift, where she had to sue that and guy, and she won. And she yeah. won as well. At meet and greets are, I guess it's how they have to make money now because nobody buys albums. Sure, yeah. But it's not a good time. No. If you just have you listened to the mystery show episode with Britney, mm-hmm. where she also Britney meet and greet. Yeah. It sounds. Horrible. Sounds desperate. Sounds really like just a very horrible thing to have to do. It is one of the best episodes of a podcast yeah. ever made. It's about a, yeah. a, a a novelist who had a minor hit in the early nineties. Book flared up and disappeared, but then it was spotted being carried by Britney Spears at mm. one point. And she's like, "How my mystery is how did Britney Spears get my novel? Oh, and did she like it? And did she like it? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they do find the answer. Really? Yeah. Brilliant. But there is a lot about that culture of how do you get close to a celebrity? How do you get to ask someone a question? Yeah. But I think if if somebody like Avril, who definitely was sort of out on her own as a solo female artist yeah. who had an aesthetic, like yes. you're saying, like a very specific consumable mm. aesthetic which was I'm not going to call it the first of her kind but she was alternative yes. and she made mm. alternative stuff accessible yeah. at a popular level mm. so that's a really vulnerable place to be yes absolutely because you know? like her yeah. band weren't 17 year olds they were all like session musician guys like, were they? they? I thought they were her pals I don't think so Oh. Yeah, because I like, read indicates story. I was story, reading yeah. where, like they said, that what she did differently at the time was she wasn't working with kind of the interchangeable session musicians that a lot of the kind mm. of the solo female artists at the time were doing. Um, were working with my God, um, <laughs> oh Lord, um, that she was working with a bunch of people that had been her band previous to being signed, kind of thing. So the, oh, maybe there's every chance they were older guys or whatever. But in the music video for Skater Boy, I think it was, or she was, or maybe it was for Le- for Losing Grip. I'm not sure. Where she's um in a in a mall and it's like this oh, big montage. Complicated. Is it complicated? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So they're all like hanging out in a mall or whatever, and they're all like jumping around having the crack and like th- that montage that everyone wants their teenage life to have become at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, apparently all the guys in the video are her bandmates and she continued to insist on using the same Oh, maybe then. Bunch maybe of guys that's in her band. me being completely wrong, which is entirely possible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's juvenilia. Conflicting articles, <laughs> I don't know. But I gather that's what happened, which was quite nice to read. Um yeah, and, okay, and she was being she worked with this um this trio of songwriters called The Matrix. Mm. Um, who were the kind of the go to guys for the sort of stuff she was doing, but she was being sold as the person that wrote all her songs at the time, which is also, you know, so you don't know how much of what you're reading in articles is true because yeah. it has emerged that she didn't write a lot of the songs on her own on the album and mm. a lot of it is heavily co-written and there's ongoing conflict about whether she wrote as much of those songs as, as she says she did. I think when I was a teenager, the reason that the lads, the arbiters of taste who I hung around with didn't like her was because she didn't write her own music. Right, okay. And because of the presentation of the, which I truly don't care about whether people write their own music or not, mm. I think... You know, singing out, who cares? Yeah. Um, 
takes a village to make a banger, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that uh, the pushback from proper proper goths or proper rockers or whatever against Avril Lavigne, part of the, like, how they permitted that anger, well, like, let's be real, it was misogyny, but also it was because there was an inauthenticity to her. I never yeah. found her particularly inauthentic. She... The whole thing in retrospect now, look, going back and watching the videos, especially, it's like, she just feels like a teenage girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels yeah. weirdly pure and kind yeah, of yeah, sweet. Yeah. And I suppose playful. if what your thing is, like if your identity that you like set up for yourself as a teenager is, I am misunderstood. I'm dressing this way because I'm unique, just like everyone else. Yeah, and, there you go. And this is who I am. And it's been hard enough living this life without this girl appropriating my culture. This kind of hot, thing. This hot, this hot girl, girl chick yeah. coming in How here. How dare she wear that eyeliner? <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's, Don't you look like a raccoon? That's my thing. But she also looks like every teenage girl. And I yeah. love that about her now. Yeah. I yeah. think she is like an emblem. Like mm. She's like a time capsule Yeah. now, you yeah. know? And Absolutely. there's a lovely purity to that. Definitely. But the anger against her was about authenticity it was about not mm. writing her songs and yeah. because everyone only listened to Metallica and all this shit yeah. Um, yeah. When, <laughs> so many people their dad's age and um, I don't think that really matters no. who wrote the songs no I, I probably used to care about it I and I don't I remember reading yeah. in Q magazine someone wrote in when Frank Sinatra died that he was like didn't write because he didn't write his own songs and it's like okay some people are never going to be happy mm. yeah. nope, some people just can't be authentic enough for some people oh yeah. my god sorry yeah. like Frank Sinatra not writing his own songs is the least of his problems <laughs> in the world for cancelling Frank Sinatra for inauthenticity <laughs> yeah. I was meant to go and see Burke Backrack play last year yeah. and I was abroad for it because he wrote almost all of those yeah. those mm. back, and he's an old man playing piano in Ivy Gardens it would have been and I'm so sad that I didn't get to see him but there were so few singers who sing their own it's mm. not a it, I, it baffles me that it's a problem yeah no yeah. I suppose it's how it's it's sold if it's being packaged and marketed and sold mm. to young people like this is my issue with um, and it's it's a tiny little bugbear and it's sort of you know unimportant trivial but <clears throat> the way a lot of people are sold um, the way I don't know I'm trying to think of an example the likes of Kim Kardashian selling herself as a feminist for empowering herself by posing nude pictures of herself she ain't that no not for that but yeah, she's, no. the, the, the nude pictures is not why she's not a feminist the billions of dollars yes, is. yeah <laughs> it's, it's the profiteering of yeah. selling yourself as something you're not i think is where i hold the issue and i don't think that's the issue that those teenage boys had when Aberdeen came out they weren't looking at the deep psychological impact that selling yourself as something you're not to young people and getting them to buy your shit off the back of that brand mm-hmm. you know there is so much going on there and there's such a manipulation of um, impressionable young girls who just want to be as cool and as attractive as Avril Lavigne seems to be in all of her music videos kind of thing you know there's there's an issue there I totally get it well oh, that what, definitely also wasn't her making girls no. want to be hot not not a problem no <laughs> <laughs> not a fucking problem for them it's no, all no. it's all good yeah no um, it's yeah it's it's a tangled web but like I would love to have actually I really that was the stupidest thing I was ever going to say was Having had social media as a teenager, it probably wouldn't be alive, to no. be honest. Um, Absolutely. But I look at, uh, I'm on TikTok, which I feel like I always say in every episode of um, post Just so everyone knows. Just so everyone knows, I am exploring the landscape of TikTok. <laughs> it is buck wild out there. I haven't gone near uh, it. It's wild, dude. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I should get off it, but it is yeah. just fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Billie Eilish's influence on the style of alternative teenage girls is right. tangible it's everywhere mm. and I would have loved to have seen what 
Avril Lavigne would have done for the first time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the generation of girls who were all using loads of eyeliner, and yeah. I definitely had. I didn't. Re- I wouldn't really listen to her, but I definitely had a couple of the bracelets. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Like the the little seeds. Absolutely. That she the planted stuff was in everywhere. Culture. Yeah. You'd yeah. see in, like you see in magazines suddenly skater skater chic was in yeah. and it was what was being sold in shops. And you can't get away from that. Even if you don't listen to the music, it's what's being sold. And, and it's, it's kinda back now. Yeah, it is. You yeah. know, in a different form. Yeah. But it's the same the, the makeup's yeah. better, but everything else is kinda similar in a yeah. way that yeah. I find like really a charming. Pant with a white vest is a total like Twitter gal. Outfit, oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There is like they're, a look. No, they're not wearing the tie anymore, but it's still definitely oh, Avril Lavigne. The I would say you give it, give it four months. Oh, yeah. Someone's getting that, getting mm. that tie back. Yeah. The the highlights, the the the, the highlighter yeah. style mm. displaced highlights, yeah. which for were faux pas for years, they have returned. Yes, they're yeah. at the front of their heads. Uh-huh. They do not care. No. Um. But the, t- the tie, the tie was such a look. Yeah. Not necessarily a good one. What a look for sure. It said so. I don't know what it was saying, no. but it said something. Yeah. I and had, the, the I suspenders. Yeah. I wore a lot of like, between, I think between Avril Lavigne and Ellen Page was mm. kind of where my, my fashion lived. And what yeah. a great world to live in. Absolutely. Jesus. I was happy out. I was so happy. Like I, I used to wear entire outfits in one color. Mm. I would just feel like wear an entirely purple outfit and I was so happy with myself. Um, matchy, and like, matchy. I would yeah. just, do you know the way now you're seeing people doing stuff in their lives that, you can see it specifically for the gram. Like, oh, yeah. they're doing like wild, zany, quirky stuff for mm. the gram. But like, in my teens, I did that shit. But it was like, so in my own head, I had this montage. Like, it was never for the camera. It was never for social media. It was no. just like, let's run around the park and throw things at each other. Because I will remember this when I'm 20 years older. But there and were no footage. No. Yeah. We didn't have that friend who took photos either. There's no photos of our teenage Oh, stuff in college, I had one friend who did it. And fair play to her. She had yeah. loads of pictures of everybody. Mm-hmm. But then you're trusting their eye and that's before anyone knew how to fucking compose an image yes, either you know yeah. and uh, I like that there is nothing yeah like the great thing with those smartphones back then was there was very little way of transferring those photos to anywhere so mm. photos lived and died on those phones or on a digital camera yeah that is now completely fucking obsolete and there's no yeah. way to link it to any modern computer no yeah <laughs> and every yeah. year that passes the further and further away we get and that is I'm so excited that about that is a great thing I'm very happy with that I was never 13 to 19 <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I was relate. born at this age. Just walked right out. <laughs> I, n- I never had long hair. Yeah, no. Ever. Yeah. I would love to see you with long hair oh, though. That you never adorable. ever will. It was perfectly straight. I was like a French girl from a Goddard film. Excellent. Yes. So good. In my hobo pants. Love it. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's, I mean, I'm always really jealous of guys that had that perfect hair. The long like hair. the long perfect hair like my my mom tells stories of when she was younger and her brothers had like beautiful long blonde hair and they'd like bring someone home but it'd be another one of their friends from their band or whatever and my mother's parents would come into the room and they'd see one of them long face hair. down with the long hair in the bed and they'd beat them out of it with a broom kind of like get, the, get that woman out of the bed kind of thing loads of stories about like that kind of thing happening and I just I love it but I'm also so jealous of someone who'd be mistaken like had hair that beautiful that it'd be mistaken yeah. <laughs> for, <laughs> an for an elf for an elf <laughs> some kind of beautiful it was, it was totally wasted on me like, I, I had per- I thick long hair that didn't need conditioner it would just brush out Ugh. I have very long eyelashes my nails yeah, I was going to say you have fucking amazing eyelashes my nails my nails grow perfect very quickly and perfectly shaped it's just Wasted on they me. They tried to put me on the cover of Vogue, <laughs> but my legs were too long. I just have. I have too much keratin. I don't know what to do with it. If I could donate my keratin, you I would. <laughs> Actually, no. The, the the lack of keratin is becoming rapidly 
uh, evident up top at the moment. But I, love, yeah. I love getting older. Yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting. I, I have two younger brothers and I have more hair than both of them, so I'm good. And I have one grand uncle who still has a full big head of hair. Yeah, your hair is so. really thick, dude. You're going to be fine for a while. Mm. Y'all good. Why? It's just a receding hairline, like. Yeah, it does. It's getting a little. I can feel it. It's something like this is something we talk. This is this is man talk now, right? Man talk. <laughs> that <laughs> that Sometimes you like do, doing your hair, and you realize that there's like a lone hair on your forehead further oh. down. You're like, oh, that's where it used to be. Oh wow. You're like, oh, I didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, or else a very long hair is spread out of your head overnight oh. which, which is, is also possible also that, cause for that is your mid-30s yeah. <laughs> yeah bodies are a medical mystery no one knows how they work no yeah. it's fine no, no, no. no my husband has very long hair at the moment and uh, has been growing it for two and a half years and it's uh, so healthy that I could cry mm. it's um, I'm furious yeah. about it I he enjoy is, it but I'm furious about it's it it's like Bee Gees level hair yeah. but like so grunge nice. grunge Bee Gees it's very it's yeah. unreasonable so healthy but come back to Avril Lavigne coming yeah. back to Avril Lavigne so what um, we didn't talk about I'm With You yet which is one of the best songs ever easily there it's is, an amazing song yeah. yeah I mean Let Go is a great album mm. it's so good like there's so much I was listening to it um, earlier on and I was I've been chatting recently with Carl Kinsella about um, kind of our gothy emo origins mm. and where we came from and he, he did this whole piece about you know people on Twitter what, what was your goth hangout where did you go what was your alternative life and he was asking me, like, do I, f- what were my musical influences back then? And do I feel like I've wor- kind of incorporated them into my work now? And I was mm. sure I hadn't. Yeah. I was sure I had this, like, bizarre, gothy, emo musical life that I had just, I loved. I liked the drama of it, but never actually incorporated it into my current work. And then I was listening to Let Go, and there's some string parts in there that I feel like I may have actually literally just stolen and put into some <laughs> yeah. of my songs like and I I never realized it because I haven't listened to the album in so bloody long mm. in full so yeah in in um I think it's in let go let me see but they just sneak I'm in. with you and I'm with yeah. you yeah there's there's a beautiful string part in there that I think I actually have just mm. stolen that's all right though it's fine things it's great. creep I'm, in I'm yeah. happy with it you know it's, it's it just a, means it got so homage. deep into you didn't even realize you were doing it it's yeah. a sample yeah. it's sample. it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> It's a sample. It's like an emotional sample. It's an emotional yeah. sample. Mm. There's definitely lyrics that I heard on albums when I was a teenager that every so often I'll be reading a paragraph of editing something and go, that's a thrills lyric, Sarah. Oh, no way. Just you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, there's one in particular that keeps showing up because it's my favorite way to describe something. Right. Mm. And then I'll just use it and I'll be like, got to take that one out. Yeah. But we'll put it there for now just and then we'll walk away. Control is, F on your entire book. That is. 77 <laughs> results. <laughs> That's, but things just bury themselves. Yeah. And it's a good line and it's yeah. wasted where it is on an album that nobody will listen to again except me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's fucking beautiful that yeah. things like that can just plot themselves Absolutely. into your aesthetic without you I don't mean like your aesthetic like your visual but like I mean your artistic aesthetic Absolutely. without you even realising that's yeah. co- that's carving of an artistic identity shit mm. and the, the things that you go oh yeah that's obviously a that's lovely yeah because that's your growth and your inspiration showing itself yeah it's quite nice to have like a evident musical DNA in a way mm. um, and like I was kind of I, I do songwriting workshops from time to time and uh, the biggest kind of thing I ever say to anyone and it's always something I'm scared of myself is actually writing your influences like write them get mm. them out of your system get them out there if you don't want to release it in the end don't but if it works and it's part of 
part of how you're going to tell that story and send mm. that message, then mm. just fucking do it. Like, it doesn't matter. I got a new laptop a couple of weeks ago and I was going through my old hard drives to see if I, that no one's to say you copy over and I found music I'd written for an RT show mm-hmm. um, in 2009, 2010. And I was listening back to it. I was like, I can tell exactly what I was listening to in mm. 2010 from this music. It was like, yeah. that's Radiohead, that's Sigur Ross, that's Broken Social Scene, that's Sufjan Stevens. Fuck. It's just all right there. There, yeah. yeah. It's amazing to 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 re- notice yourself. Yeah, can, there's a draft yeah. of Spare and Vampires called the Lev Grossman draft, mm-hmm. which I wrote while I was reading Magicians, and I was just doing his voice mm-hmm. <laughs> to go back and I, it's there. There's a copy of it in my hard drive because it's like, don't read novels when you're editing because you will just go, that's pretty. I'm gonna just yes. hang that mm-hmm. over what we've got here, and it will look better. It won't look better. It'll look like you're doing a stupid voice. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I think I guess I maybe because I'm not a musically headed enough person, music must be more nuanced than than that, right? To a degree, but it's very hard not to do an impression of someone at the same time. Especially mm. like, yeah, it's the same thing. If you're so the, the usual process for recording a record, for me at least, is you'll put down the band, um, you'll get all of their parts down. And then you'll layer your vocal on top of that. So you've got this whole window uh, of time, with. yeah, where yeah. You've, you've been listening to these backing parts, and you've been you've written the songs, you've done the band, and now you've got your part to put down. And in that time, you could have listened to any number of oh. albums that you wanted to inspire the sound of the record. And the voice being such a huge part, it's like mm. the the ventric, the big ve- the big vein, the big vein, the big vein, <laughs> the big pipey yoke. Jesus, but it's the primary instrument yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so so then when you come to put down your vocal part you're very susceptible to just trying to copy whoever you were listening to when you were trying to think how you wanted this album to sound yeah. so like i you know in in this record there's a lot of influences from the staves there is a little bit of wallace bird in there there's a little bit of Joni. there's you know there's all kinds of stuff in there and it, it was a real i had to really concentrate on singing with my own voice mm-hmm. on putting this record down um and I can I can kind of hear in Let Go where Avril has kind of taken influence from the likes of Alanis Morissette and you can really mm. hear it in the way she's phrasing stuff. It's not just that they have the same accent. It's that they have very similar phrasing and a lot of the similar kind of lyrical style, which is... The yodels that they do. Yes, yeah. And the, there might be yeah. a bit of Dolores in there as well. You know, oh, there might yeah, be a totally, bit of yeah. like... Because like, she was very influential... Um, in the 90s when when Avril would have been writing a lot yeah. of Let Go, you know. So you have to assume that she had a heavy influence, which is quite cool. I must I must ask Avril actually about that. <laughs> would you ever listen to Dolores? There's, I had um, a lecturer in college. He was a Frankenstein expert and he'd read it like 60 times. And in one of our lectures, um, he said, at the moment I'm doing a friend read of Frankenstein, which where he's going through it noticing every instance of the word friend, which kind of like doing like, you know, a much, like a, a heart run in Celeste or something. Yeah. You like to do a run of a novel. A special run. And I feel like you could probably do that with like, well, you should do that with Amazon. Well, I'm going to do like a Dolores run. Of every Let time Go you think that you've heard of see. Yeah. Oh my God. That's actually very beautiful. Wow. It's like a, a framework. To impo- it's like a drinking game. It's like or a it's where you hear like, oh, like you learn that like Radiohead were really into talking heads and you go back and go, oh yeah, I get it. I see it. You know, you just, it just changes it's your reference because yeah. you you know more coming into it. Mm. What I found because Radiohead are kind of my band, and the whole way through when I was growing up, they were always like a step ahead of me in what they were listening to, and then it reached a point in like two thousand eight with King of Limbs, where I knew 
I knew the stuff they were listening to already. Mm. So it was like, okay, that's, they're listening to Bonnie Ver, they're oh, listening yeah. to this, they're listening to this. Yeah. Right. And then they become a little bit less special because you can see where it's all coming from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 but it's cool we can just spot it a little bit, we can hear flavours of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's nice, I think, to hear the process because when you're mm. writing, when you're writing anything and you're listening back or reading it back, you know what your baggage is coming to it. Like, so you, you're you hearing it your way. You're hearing yeah. it from your own brain, obviously. And everyone else listening to it, you don't know where they're coming from, what they've gone through that day that they're listening to your song and hearing a lyric and kind of going, oh, yeah, I totally get what you meant by that. And they have it all wrong. Mm. And it's, I think it's quite nice then later on to come to them and say, to, to give them the background for yourself. At, at gigs, I always tell the story of where the song came from a little bit without mm. going too deep into it. And and I'd, I like to say to people, you know, oh, I listened to a lot of Josh Ritter when I was writing this song. And I was listening to a lot of the thrills. I was listening to the kinks. You might hear those elements in the song. And then they're listening to it. And when that comes up, they're not getting distracted by, what does that sound like? Mm. They've you've already told them you've handed them you've given them that yeah. so then yeah. they're just listening to the song for what mm. it is after it's that belonging to a wider blanket of 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 not of noise but it's a, bl- a blanket it's about, of it's art. about acknowledging that you belong to it so you're yeah. not pretending you're like yeah. this fucking breaking new ground yeah. it's like I am part of something bigger yes which I think gives a lot more meaning to what you're mm. doing when you're part of a community and you're contributing to that kind of conversation I think I think epigraphs work kind of like that in novels yeah which is like a I don't know if this is the same for everybody, but for me, it's generally a, this is something I was reading when I was writing this, yes, or yeah. this is something that exists on a tiny level that I hope this sentence feels like the rest of the novel. Yeah. Like this is a conversation the novel is in with another piece of work. Right. Yeah. Even if it's, you just get to see the whisper at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here is, it was a joke, it was a joke in other words for smoke. It was the magic eight ball. Um, and, but like the next one is a paragraph. Like there's, contextualizing yourself is no, I, I I don't know I think it's noble to mm. begin a, a piece of music by saying I was listening to this when I yes. wrote this yeah. because it kind of defeat it, it places yourself as an artist more in a community of artists a yes. global community of artists yeah. rather than being ruggedly individualistic which is there's nothing more annoying oh, than meeting gross. someone who says I'm super unique there's actually mm. nothing else like me out there like yeah. it's so frustrating yeah. <laughs> so, do you, so you don't listen to music is what you're saying yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah so yeah. you've never listened to a song yeah okay. so I guess you're better than everyone else you don't need any help thank <laughs> god fine. we finally found the best one <laughs> <laughs> You guys, we can stop. Yeah. We can stop it's writing over. songs and books. It's kind of done. It's done. Art is finished. Mm. Um, but like, that's why that Billie Eilish Avril Lavigne joke was funny. It's like, yeah. oh yeah. Like, look at that tiny sister of Avril Lavigne who Absolutely. was just kind of come out. Yeah, and you have to assume there's people who like, you know, let's say if I had a younger, my younger sister is only five years younger than me, so she's not, well, I suppose she's kind of there my for, for Billie six, Eilish. Six, seven years younger. Yeah. yeah. So she's kind of of she's maybe a little bit older than the group that are being super influenced by Billie Eilish. Yeah. But um, I suppose you know you've got your younger siblings who are watching you go through your Avril phase or whatever mm. it is, and you're kind of you're allowing them then to have that same trans transition, that same kind of transformation into like you know the kind of fan of music that wants to dress like the musician. Like it's I didn't. Really do you think that your music taste has influenced your siblings? Um, or your life in music even um, it has a bit I suppose I you know I think th- there's three of us in the family myself and my two sisters I'm in the middle and so we've always shared music with each other mm. and if something comes up like the reason I can do this weird trumpet impersonation is because um, 
my older sister loved a band called Pink Martini. Oh, so I went to see them in Paris when I was yeah. uh, 19. I'm obsessed with and them. And they have Sympathique and yeah. they have that trumpet solo in the middle. Yeah. And so I wanted to learn to play that song because my sister introduced me to it. And so that has created like this big gimmick that has been part of making my career. Fucking hell. So, like, that is so interesting. Yeah, like that kind of stuff is, is stuff you don't like because it's so like ingrained into you and so like just part of it's like breathing yeah you don't think about how that kind of stuff forms you as a person but obviously like you know you're you're allowing the people around you to to explore things in the same way you have if you just do it openly Mm. so it's quite cool i always felt Mm. a bit at odds because i didn't have a a, we didn't have any mtv in my house my grandmother brought me up so my music taste came from the just like licked it off the stones i guess Mm. i don't fucking know yeah but i didn't have rock music really or pop music in my life and no, my same. sister was younger so she had more things allowed to her yeah and like two weeks ago she fucking went to see Martha and Rufus in the concert hall no and way. I was like like you oh my got God. Rufus from me I gave you that <gasps> you know such a lovely gift I was able to be cool enough in the weird seven-year chasm where you like music that I like yes you know we went to see Ben Folds together we went to see um fucking Bell Sebastian together mm. like all the weird bands that I like she yeah. Also, like, but her going, her being like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to see Rufus. I was like, I don't even have to bring you. Yeah. You're just going. You're just flying. That's your, that's your you're thing. You're unfolding your wings that's and flying. <laughs> you grown ass 25 year old woman. Like, but it, but it is really cool. That's amazing. Pink Martini. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say their name aloud near me before. <laughs> I fucking love them. I yeah, used to sing Hang On Little Tomato to the kids I had eat when they were like going asleep. Yeah. Um, they... That is fascinating with sympathetic. That's yeah. Amazing. It was really cool. It was um but likewise I didn't have any channels at home. We didn't have we had one, two, three we had one, two and four. That was all we had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um and and we, we just didn't have any exposure to other stuff. I went on holidays to Majorca when I was like eleven and I met this guy James by the pool. We made friends and he was really into all of that grungy, rocky stuff. So I suppose he was the kind of influence that brought me into that world. And then when I got home oh. from Mallorca, I like never wanted to leave that montage life, that holidays when you're a kid are. That's so fascinating. It just kind of evolved from there. And I started running away to Cork to hang out with him and his friends and just... I want the album that's run through the Mallorca lens. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, musical, the musical aesthetic of like Europop, right? Of like yeah. holiday, summertime, tourist Europop. But it's Avril Lavigne... I love it. Teenager. Okay, yeah. so that, would, that would just be like, ah, ga, do, do, do. Put yeah. it in, put in the style of Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? Like, aga, do, The two of us, like, do. dressed up in our, like, the two of us dressed in, like, baggy jeans and went down to the kids' disco. We, like, dressed as goths and went to the kids' <gasps> disco at the thing because we were like, we're going to be super cool. We're going to rebel. Screw all this Europop trash. We're just going to go down there and be pure cool. That's amazing. Um, Sitting yeah. in the paddling pool in the water, creeping up the capillaries of your <laughs> jeans, but it's, like, chlorinated <laughs> in the heat. Yes, <laughs> just the worst feeling. That's oh, fucking gosh. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was really. It's it's funny that's when you kind of. That's a novel. Like that's yeah. a, really, <laughs> yeah. it's a good format. It's a good story format. There, Absolutely. man. Yeah, yeah. Are you still in touch? Yeah, we're really good friends. We lost touch for. Um, is there a song called "Losing Touch"? I think there is. Hey. <laughs> there is a. We we lost touch for years because both of us went away to college and both of us got too cool for each other. And then uh, he started teching for the Coronas while he was in college studying law, and he came down to UL to do one of their gigs no and I was in UL at the time and bumped into him there and then we just started chatting from there again and as it turned out both of us had started going off on our paths of exploring music as a career so we both at the exact same time had decided to go back into it and release our first EPs 
respectively That's and we just started nice. chatting oh. about that mm. and we're now back in touch best of oh, friends yeah. and I've gigged with him in London and he's come over and done gigs with me here in and you Ireland met at a poolside in Mallorca when you were fucking 14 yeah. I am like this is unbelievable yeah it's really it's mad what a gorgeous thing yeah like and that is like that is like a concept album like I'll joke mm. aside that arc yeah of coming of age as an artist is un- that's unbelievable yeah in a time when it's it's a funny one because you know you're in a time when social media is only just kind of mm. coming to the coming to the fore you're adding each other on Bebo yeah. all that kind of stupid stuff is happening and it's you know the the way you're writing and the way you're expressing yourself is changing constantly um because As it of, should be yeah because of who you are but also because of the the vessels available to you um and I, I actually would also love to see yeah I'd love to see Avril Lavigne in the time like growing up in a time when social media was a thing and how that would have manifested like the emotional means of expression the way sound works the way pop mm. music is proliferated like yeah. the songs so on my TikTok voyage um I really need to do something useful with it because I'm so ashamed of my, my use TikTok of it. voyage yeah. a documentary by it fucking stirs me out the soundtrack of it yeah. is fascinating. Yes. There are about 12 songs because mm. it comes from Musical.ly which is a lip syncing app. Okay. There are about 12 songs but that are proliferated again and again and again and again that people just do different stuff to this really small soundscape of obviously including Billie Eilish at a pretty high level yeah. but you only ever hear up to about 15 seconds of the song. And it's always the same 15 seconds. And it's not like you can always, pick 15 seconds. Yeah. So that's how songs are rising mm. into popularity is via these perfect 15 second snapshots. Yes. Which isn't really a portrait of a whole song, let alone an entire album. Yeah. It's well, the you know when that used to happen? Ads. Ah, it's exactly like ads. Remember Babylon Zoo Spaceman? Yeah. Everybody was Whoa. like, this This song is amazing. And it was literally the first 15 seconds of the song was amazing. Yeah. And the rest of it was just, was like doom grunge. That's and every bottom brought it to number one. <laughs> Wow. For the fifteen, the, the fifteen seconds that started the song. And my favorite ad song is the one from the Guinness out of the two people dancing in the rain on the cobblestones. It's called the Concrete and the Clay, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful, like really strange kind of uh, love song. It's one of those ones where it's like I don't really know what to compare that to, but that was just from the fifteen seconds mm. with a big crescendo. In it. Yes, um, yeah. but just a really small. That's exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? Isn't it? That's yeah. so creepy. Ugh, I don't like that. But I mean, the kids are kids are gonna be fine. We can't. <laughs> the kids will be. They'll fine. be fine. They'll work it out. They'll the evolve. kids will eventually be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've you know, like they, yeah. everyone turned out. No, they didn't. That's no, no. But generally, people will be. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By and large, people are grand. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. be fine. One hopes. One hopes. But I do think she would have evolved in a different way if there, if if she had that gaze of social media upon her all the time. Yeah. Be interesting. And to see. she had to perform at that intensity, right? Mm. She obviously found it tough. Yeah. Yeah, but not in a way that we have seen. We haven't seen a crash and burn. We haven't seen. Yeah, uh, all we saw was Lyme disease. Like, yeah, yeah. and anyone can get that from a bad, a bad tick experience. And yeah. two divorces as well. Two. Yeah, she was married to Derek Wibley from Sum Forty One. They split up in two thousand ten, I think two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, they were together from when they were seventeen for like ten years. Ah, yeah. And then she was married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback. I which forgot about that. nobody I knew that. saw coming. I, yeah. yeah, I am yeah. like. Wow, and they but they're all still friends because he like appeared on her last album or the album before that, and the 
split breakup album with Derek Wibley he was on that as well mm. wow. and she covered How You Remind Me on um, one of her last albums oh. that's actually a very nice slow down cover of How You Remind Me like, strip it back and it's probably a good song yeah, yeah. they got the chops yeah. Yeah, you know who she <laughs> probably I'm just thinking because there's a million things just sprung into my mind as you were talking about that there firstly yeah. the thing of the cool girl I feel like she's one of the first people to propagate this idea of the cool girl I'm a cool girl I you can like with the, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the boys you don't have to yeah, like yeah. she didn't She didn't really have much of a feminist bent to her now no. it has to be said no. Um, but also, what was the other thing? Ah, um, no, it's gone. Mostly that was the thing. Nickelback. Nickelback. Chad Kroger. Some forty one. Some forty one. Oh yes, yeah. Sorry. So cool. Slow down. Covers thing. Yeah. Um, did she? Was she like Haley from Paramore? Was that like oh. a direct? She would have predated her, wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that? I feel like there's wow. a very strong thread there. Like, Aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. Like the. The aesthetic and a little bit of that kind of because Avril really wanted her her sound to be punk. She really wanted it to be punk, wow, and, it really and it really wasn't her. Like everyone she worked country. with, they yeah. were like, "You're yeah. not actually a punk artist." I know that's what you want, but it's not what you are. Whereas I feel like Haley from Paramore kind of was the mm. evolution of that. She was someone who like went a bit more. She's gone very pop now, gone that direction. A and bit people more. still yeah. love her. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. love yeah. her. She's on TikTok. She was always first and foremost. A fucking savage vocalist mm. like and that was that came out because like the first things she ever did that went viral I suppose at the time were acapella or not acapella acoustic live performances where she was showing her vocal range so she did misery business live in this like tent I can't remember mm. what it was for but like that went everywhere and people were going mad about her whereas Avril came out like the first thing that kind of came out was like studio recordings of her I would yeah. say a lot of other people in charge of Avril's image whereas yes. I think mm. by the time Paramore came out yeah. it was also it was again in like, the pop punk emo era as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Avril had kind of put down the, the roadworks there and, and maybe yeah and mm. like it was maybe it was Hayley who could crawl then mm. you know what I mean like it's a I think I didn't I'm looking back at that time and I'm remembering pop punk and um, uh, I guess the very slow morph into emo and yes. there's a lot of male bands yeah. at the time and very few of that pop punk period with uh, a female vocalist and I yep. think that's what people drew people and drew girls to Paramore is because yeah. you know a girl a yeah, girl, girl's, yeah, yeah. Boy, girl's voice yeah. you know uh, I was actually weirdly just thinking about well, I'm kind of always thinking about Gwen Stefani. But I, I, just saying, always thinking about Gwen Stefani. A, bring back Ska, yeah. you cowards. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. B, uh, maybe she is the grandmother I think of... we need to like do a family tree. Like, I feel like we've yeah. got like Alanis yeah. Morissette, Gwen Stefani, yeah. Avril Lavigne, Hayley, Billie Eilish. There must be somebody in between. There's gotta be, yeah. There was a band called Be Your Own Pet, which was a load of 17-year-olds from Texas. Ooh. who were very scratchy, angular punk which is scene th- is the yeah. word we are missing here a little yeah. myspace like scene 2003 kids. it was like yes. the new york 2003 post-punk but oh, like yeah. in texas oh yeah and i think that's like the reality of how avril Lavigne's thought of herself yeah possibly yeah, yeah. like these feral this fiction feral mm. small town punks kind of thing yeah which in reality is a super captivating energy it's mm. a super captivating aesthetic like small town but, but effectively what we're describing is the irish equivalent of that americana kind mm. of only punks in the village vibe mm-hmm. but uh undeniably avril had about eight people deciding yeah what met the public eye yeah whereas there there was something scrappier 
and more I'm hesitantly using the phrase authentic because yeah. again authenticity doesn't really matter to me mm. yeah but about Hayley really yeah yeah a bit yeah more. or at least from from what we've kind what? of seen because I feel like as well a lot of people you know around the time of Hayley Williams people were learning how to put themselves forward as authentic mm. at the yeah. time of Avril coming out her label kept enforcing on people this idea she's authentic She's an authentic mm. talent and she's she's naturally very scrappy. This is her actual look. And they were telling people that. That was like, yeah. that was the bio that was going out in every magazine. Mm. Whereas for Hayley Williams, she was like, here's a video of me doing my thing. Yeah. There you go kind of thing. I think with Paramore as well and like bands like that, it, maybe it's the, this isn't the reality, but what it feels like is like you listen to it and you go, this could be four people writing this in their garage. Mm. Which, which was, which, no doubt. Yes, but you don't get that from like complicated. No. That sounds like it was written by an older person. And maybe she has some input, but that it sounds like a more mature level of songwriting. Yeah, and it actually and was. Production. That was the main yeah, yeah, that wrote that. Exactly, like, yeah. So With a bit Fuck. of Levine input. So, uh, so it was like, this is what it is to be a teenager. What yeah. is it to be a teenager? Let's brainstorm what it is to be a teenager. <laughs> kind of like, picture this. My dad. <laughs> Yikes. But like now, if you want to picture it, like you just open TikTok. And like, this is what it is. You know what they're doing at the moment? Today and yesterday, it's cottage core. Cottage core, cottage core is what is happening on TikTok. What is that? What is Don't that? Know. What is that? <laughs> it's just teenagers, teenage people who have a load of plants and paint freckles upon themselves. Cottage core. They paint freckles. On paint freckles what? on your face, and they have a lot of you live in plants. a cottage. A lot of plants. That does sound like a lot of twenty-three year olds on Twitter, though. As well, yeah. So but, it's like taking the piss out of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. but this time they do it to a fifteen-second audio clip of music from over the garden wall. So that makes it real, okay, Alan? <laughs> I am so glad that I'm old. Oh yeah, um, it's a frightening it's, time to be young. I, yeah, I much preferred out here, but mm. like, I hate to like it's like a simpler time. We were just younger, but like. Avril Lavigne, even within us being able to pick it apart now, it mm. felt real. It did, it really did. And those songs really did. They were a way of understanding who I was at the time. Because I didn't know. I was still finding out who I was. And I was, I know, I grew up in a very creative house. Everyone was super um, accepting. If I wanted to be a goth one day, they were like, okay, this is funny, but we'll accept it. (laughs) Um, It really isn't you at all as a person. This is fine. Um, And it was, you know, it was a really wonderful, I was really lucky to grow up in a house like that. Didn't go to a school quite like that. And there was a lot of slagging and there was a lot of kind of, uh, thankfully that kind of thing ran off me kind of like water off a duck's back to a certain degree you know I wasn't 100% aware of what was happening around me in school but I know that I did use her songs to like anything but ordinary a lot of the stuff in there is very trite and it's very cliche kind of I'm a misunderstood teenager and no one understands what I'm going through and and I am you know more unique than anyone in this world um and the songs had those messages in them to a certain degree now there was a lot of like i grew up in a small town and i just had to like work i didn't work as a teenager but i was still like i grew i worked on a chicken farm (laughs) and i don't have to brush my hair after a shower because i'm like don't have time for that kind of thing and like all her songs had those messages in them and there was all this kind of like i'm with you is just such a perfect like teenage relationship song mm. it's like this I'm standing on a bridge in the rain and it's cold and where is the person I'm meant to spend the rest of my life with they're meant to be here right now holding me what's happening and like do you know whenever I go to sing I'm with you in my head do you know what song that it always gets confused with and I don't know if this is anything it's not funny you can see you laughing I'm okay. not going to say smash mouth <laughs> I'm not going to well, say that's in my head no. um, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls Oh, yes. Because oh, yeah. the opening line is the same. 
It and is. they both have that ah, big, yeah, big string, string thing. Part of the yeah. Start. Da, 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 da. yeah. Yeah. And I give up forever. I'm standing on a bridge. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Don't want the world to. I'm with you. <laughs> like it's. They're genetically How related. Has that mashup not happened already? Somebody wants to. Like, <laughs> it's a. I want, I want Remember to, that guy that went viral for turning every song into that? Uh, yeah, there's an amazing. Uh, Who was that? Sound. Are they still around? Do they still do it? Well, there's one. I don't know if it's the same one, but there is an amazing uh, SoundCloud called Mouth Sounds. And it's a 45 minute long piece of music where set in a universe where every song is All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> and then there's another one. Uh, Mouth Fields is his own. Mouth Fields, yeah, which is. Every, it's really it, diseased mashups. It's brilliant. Yeah, but he he said someone texted him after he released Mouthfields and said, "Why are you hurting the music?" <laughs> it does. It's a chat. It's, it's one of my favorite albums. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah but it's also hourly challenging. Yeah, like, but it, it's funny. It's like it uses like the from Home Improvement as percussion in songs and stuff. It's that. There's kind of, a lot of use of Santana's smooth. Yeah. in different shapes and forms. It's very strange, but I always go to say that you know that sounds a bit like yeah yeah. I'll start by smashing, but genuinely, uh, I do think I'm with you. Is is the genetic sibling of it is? Irish it really is. Which is a beautiful song. Yeah, like it's a fucking beautiful song. Like fight me to death. It's, it's still got a bunch of still got a bunch of emotional. I just I remember like going through those old diaries from when I was in school and finding like ri- I'd written out lyrics, you know, as you mm. did when you were like, I really feel this. I'm gonna have to write it down with my own hand because that's how I'll express how much I connect with it. And like lyrics, like sometimes I get so weird, I even freak myself out and laugh myself to sleep. It's my lullaby. It's like. Wow. That's me. <laughs> That's me lying in bed watching TikToks. <laughs> That's me lying in bed. Just being like, yeah, this is fucking weird. <laughs> I just I just got it. And like it's so stupid. And I like I I'm so I'm so reluctant to because I see so many teenagers now who are just trying so hard to just express themselves. For whatever that is. There's so many more different ways to do it, but it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. And like you can often look at them doing it and kind of go, ugh, like teenagers. So stupid. Mm -hmm. But like, I remember being that age and like hearing a lyric like that, like hearing, what even was that song called? Anything But Ordinary. And like listening to it and it reinforcing the idea that it was okay to do your own thing. Like there's lyrics in there that are like, they're so trite and, and awful. But like, they help a young person know that it's okay to feel like not like everyone else. And that's mm. class. Like, And you so, forget, especially in the school structure, Yeah, how conformity, would they be like, Ugh, conform-. even as, as I say the word conformity, I'm like <laughs> choking. I'm like, yeah. disgusting. Yeah. But like, you literally do wear a uniform, walk Absolutely. from room to room, pray about 18 times a day. Yeah. Like yeah. you do have a really rigid structure. It's, pr- I mean, like, to, to reference Carl Kinsler again, um, my Lord and Messiah, um, he tweeted the other day about that exact thing of, like, go to school, like, don't get paid, you have to work, like, eight hours a day, you're not allowed to talk, you're not allowed to drink water if you want to drink water, don't eat unless we tell you, have you to go eat. P- I have to ask to pee. Yeah, like, don't talk, but do talk. Talk when I tell you to talk. Like, all that kind of, it's really fucked up like and as a teenager who is fundamentally creative and should be up and about and making things and doing stuff and expressing themselves it's like if if you have to find your escape in Avril Lavigne then great go for it don't make go for it there we go yeah. with those anti-school well, sentiments to go and make things so complicated <laughs> <Fuck> exactly <school. laughs> <Cottage>. <laughs> Emma 
plug some stuff for us. Yeah, where Ooh. can we find you? Where, what, what should we Send listen to? Send me a sync. Um, I am about to release my second album, uh, which is very, very exciting. What's and it called? It's class. Uh, it's called Sewing Acorns. Mm. And it is about that experience of growing up and figuring out who you are. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there about that. And like how you learn stuff and the mistakes you make and the stupid choices you make form who you are as a person. So fucking own it. Um, so it's about that a little bit. Uh, so that's coming at the end of February. On the 29th is the plan because oh, I can only celebrate it once every four year. years then. <laughs> I'm proposing to my music career. Um, and uh, so yeah, that's coming out. And I currently have loads of stuff on the internet. Um, mostly music. Um, on, you have a very good Twitter account. I, I have a Twitter account and I use it a lot. Um, it's E. Langford Music. If people want to come and say hi, please do talk to me about Avril Lavigne and your emo phases in life. And I'm gigging in... When does this episode come out? Start of February. Start of February. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I think I have a gig... I think I have a gig coming up in Clare <laughs> in, in February. But I'm kind of on a break from gigging in Ireland at the moment because I've mm. done the circuit so hard for the past three years. So I won't be back in Ireland until autumn time. So I'm taking a wee break and going to Germany to gig there and the UK and maybe the US if it's still there in the summer. We'll yeah, see how we hopefully. go. Yeah, all going well. So that's kind of me, really. Cool. Sarah, yeah. where can we find you? Uh, at Grifsky on Twitter.com, at Sarah Grifsky on Instagram. Also, I write books, which are most recently Other Words for Smoke, which is available widely in all bookstores and it's award winning yeah and it's technically <laughs> thank you for reminding yes it is an award winning novel so you should purchase it uh, Alan Maguire where do we find you I am Alan underscore Maguire everywhere-ish I think mm-hmm. uh, Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter Juvenalia pod on Instagram um, what else thank you to Dee McDonald for our artwork thanks Dee thank you to Cassie and Tall Tales thanks, for Cassie. having us um, bye everybody <laughs> <laughs>